Greet you once again in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Today I'd like to have you turn with me to Matthew chapter 12 in verse 38. We'll read a couple verses there. But let us open up with a word of prayer. Maybe we can stand. Father, we thank you today for loving us that we can come to you in Jesus in precious, wonderful name. We bless your holy name, Father. We thank you for your word and your spirit. We thank you, Lord God, we can gather here in the house of the Lord. Father, we thank you that you are the one that created us. You are the one that brought us to this place. You're the one that sent your son, Jesus, that we can have life and life abundantly, that we can be redeemed, be forgiven, and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. And sins are gone as far as the east to the west, Lord. We thank you that you don't remember them, that we're set free. Father, we pray this day, Lord, you would continue to be with us through this service, that your anointing would be over us and upon us, Lord, upon my lips and my heart and my mind, and Lord God, that your word would go forth. And Lord, remind us today that you are the one that sets the captives free. You're the one that saves the souls. You're the one that reminds the saints to continue to run the race that's set before us. You're the one, Lord God, that reminds the sinner that there is hope while they're still called today. Father, we thank you that you'd watch over us now. You'd keep us in your care. You'd open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. Shower your blessings upon us, O Lord, we pray. We thank you. We love you. We praise you. And Father God, we're just thankful for life, for health and strength, that we can be together in the house of the Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. You may be seated. Let's read from verse 38 of Matthew chapter 12. Praise God. Are you excited this morning that you're alive and that Jesus Christ came for you, that He gave His life, that you and I can have life, can have life eternal, life abundantly, live a victorious life even now. Amen. What a blessing. I praise God for that. So as we read in, uh, in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 38, he said, The certain of the scribes and the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. <clears throat> but he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of Jonah the prophet, of, of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater then Solomon is here. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. Then he said, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation." While he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without desiring to speak with him. 
Then one said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto them that told him, Who is my mother? And who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren, for whosoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Amen. That is the family of God. When we're washed in the blood. So here they are looking. The title of our message today is Running from God. And we're, from here we want to go to Jonah. We'll be reading the book of Jonah today, parts of it. And as we see here, as they started in, as they asked, uh, they come to Jesus, the Pharisees, the scribes and the Pharisees, and say, they said, Master, we would see a sign from thee. And he had an answer for them. He said, but he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of Jonah the prophet. So what Jesus is bringing out is he's saying, I am the sign. That is what he's telling them. I am the sign, and you're asking for a sign. He said, here I am. That's what he's bringing out so that they realize that his death, burial, and resurrection will be the sign and is the sign for all generations to come. That is, that is what Jesus is trying to bring to them. But remember when the, the scribes and the Pharisees, they had an agenda. Remember that. They weren't really interested in Christ, to follow Him in those kinds of ways. They were more interested in trying Him, testing Him in those kind of ways and, and trying to see if they could make Him stumble. They weren't interested in surrendering their life to Him. And that's so Jesus rebuked them. That's what he did. He rebuked them. And he said, like, what are you? Who are you that you are looking to see a sign? He said, here is the sign. But they were missing the sign. And he went to Jonah. He said, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And he said, the men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment, and this generation shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, a greater than Jonah is here. Well, how could it be any plainer to them? He said, here it is, greater than that. But they missed it. How many times does that happen? When people aren't running with God, many times they're running from God. When they're not in the will of God, they're outside of the will of God. <clears throat> As we look at that, God loves the people. He sent His Son so that His people can have eternal life. Like He says in John, God sent His Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And here they're wanting a sign. You know, sometimes that's what happens in life. You know, we're, maybe Christ, maybe the Lord is right there with us and we're pleading with Him, Lord, come, be with us. And He's like, I'm here, I'm here, right, right here. What do you want? What can I help you with? He already knows the help we need, but we just don't realize. We're, we're maybe busy focusing on something else, and, and we're missing the point, especially when you're a non-believer. You're maybe crying out even in times. I remember times before I was born again. There was times that I'd be like, I'd, I'd take time, and I'm like, Lord, if you're real, come on the scene. And I believe he came on the scene. I just didn't see him. I'm, I'm like, give me a sign, and I'm saying, and he said, here I am. What, do you, what more do you want? But see, when people are blinded, they don't see the sign. With that, let's go to Jonah and start reading back there in, in Jonah. That's uh, uh, 
uh, let me see, I can give you a little, it's right behind Obadiah, and it's right before Micah. So let's go there and read a very familiar book, very familiar chapters, what uh, the story of Jonah, uh, probably wouldn't even have to read it. But it's good to read the Word of God. It's good to just read it and, and refresh our memories and our hearts of, of Jonah has God called him. We'll read there. And I'm going to read it in the NLT, but you will read so clearly that God called Jonah to go to Nineveh. But what did he do? He went just the opposite direction. Opposite direction from what God called him. And maybe we can take some warnings and reminders out of it. He said in chapter 1 and verse 1, he said, The Lord gave the message to Jonah, son of Amittai, Amittai, get up. Look what he said. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. We could say that God is asking Jonah to go do the dirty work, right? Because who wants to go tell somebody, hey, God's judgment is coming upon you. In 40 days, he's going to destroy this place unless you repent. And remember, Jonah here is a Hebrew. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe these people in Nineveh, they're Assyrians. <clears throat> so they even have, it could, we could take kind of like, uh, uh, what different nationalities could we take in this time? Maybe Amish for one. That's, that's where I come from. So maybe, who else would it be? Oh, Catholic. We just take for, that's not even a nationality, it's just a denomination. But in the, in the view and the thoughts of, a, of man today, it's a big deal in different denominations, so to speak. So say, take one of those, or, but yet, you know what it is? They're very similar what they believe. I don't know if you agree with me, but it's a fact. Very similar what they believe is Amish and Catholics. They even use the Catholic Bible. And the other thing we see is, so when, what happened is, so Jonah here, we go on and read, but Jonah, he's asked to go and share with them. Remind them and teach them about what God is going to do. And Jonah says, no, no, he says, I'll go the other direction. Look what he said. But Jonah got up and went the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. And he went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket. He even spent money to get away from God. Bought a ticket and went on board hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. He's, yeah, he said, well, I'll get away. What? And God doesn't, he doesn't care. He don't know what's going on. He's even going to go hide. Look at this. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. They see this going to break, so they tried everything. Throw stuff off. We don't need this, you know. And they're crying out to their gods that wasn't Jehovah God. And they said, help us. But nothing was working. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So that, could be, that was underneath and below the ship there in the bottom. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at time like this? He shouted, get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives, he's saying. Look at that. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused a terrible storm. <laughs> When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us? They demanded, who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? They had all kinds of questions. Jonah answered, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. 
And the sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them that he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to stop this storm? Throw me into the sea, Jonah said. It will become calm again, and I know that that is, that is terrible. That this terrible storm is all my fault, he said. Instead, of the, instead, the sailors rowed even harder. They tried harder and harder to get the ship to the land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. Uh-oh. Oh, Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin. And don't hold us responsible for his death, O Lord. You have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. Look at what even the ungodly people realized. Isn't that something? The man of God is running away. And the people that don't know God, they're, they're saying things like this. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. Whoa, problems are over, they thought. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Whoa, praise God for that. Isn't that? Look at that. Man, this is so amazing. This, this book of Jonah is such a miraculous book. Look what he said. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he, he answered me. Look at that. Jonah, Jonah, he's running away from God. He thought this is going to be, let, let's read a little more. I think I'll read through two a little bit. He said, I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. This is, this is uh, Jonah talking to the Lord. Look at that. Then I said, oh, Lord, you have driven me far from your presence, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. Look where he went in. Have you noticed what happens to sin? It took him down. Down it went. Verse 6, I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. But I will, sac I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah onto the beach. Before we go on reading there, we see that Jonah, as he's running away here, he didn't do what God asked him to do. And when he went out there on the, when he went out there on the ship, he thought he's getting away. He thought he's escaping God. That's what he thought he was doing. He thought that he, could, he could go out there and, and God would know where he is. And he even went to sleep, kind of like a... Kind of like it works when, when people go far enough into sin, then they end up kind of sleeping in their conscience. Like uh, he's, got, he's down below the ship and everything is going. Can you imagine terrible storm and he's sleeping in there? He didn't care if he died. I don't think he did. That's why he told him, throw me out. He'd rather die than go be obedient to the Lord. He'd rather run away from God and die than go and be obedient and do the tough work. That's Jonah. That's what Jonah was doing. Look at that. The storm came up, like we read there. The storms, God created the storm. He allowed the storm, the wind to come, 
and all that, all those things that were going to destroy the boat and that kind of thing. And there's Jonah. And Jonah thought, well, I'll keep going. He said, I'll keep going. If this doesn't work, he said, throw me out. He said, you'll have a calm ride. The sea will, the storm will be gone. The, the sea will calm down. You guys will all be fine. You unbelievers, you'll be fine. Just throw me out. Throw me overboard. And he thought, easy enough. Throw me out. I'll drown. I'll be done. Life is over, right? Running away from God. See that? Running from God. You have all kinds of reasons. He had all kinds of reasons why he wasn't going to go and preach. Why he wasn't going to go tell them about the judgment of God. He wasn't going to go tell them that in 40 days, if there's no repentance, this, this city will be destroyed. Can you imagine? 120,000 people in the, in the city of Nineveh. And there Jonah had an opportunity to go tell them, but he, he chose to run away from God. He chose to go out there in the ship. He chose to face that storm. He even paid the price. He paid a ticket literally to get on that thing, to run away from God. Are you today, are you buying, are you spending money so you can literally keep running away from God, getting further away? Because you're not willing to obey God. That's all it took here. He just, all Jonah had to do is say, yes, Lord. But he wasn't willing. He's more willing to spend money and get away from God. Get away from him. So God had created, God had created a fish. It says a great fish. He had created there. And when they threw Jonah out overboard, what happens? He swallows him up. We read that. The, sea, the weed was wrapped around his head in the belly of the fish. But you know what I like the best about when, when, when Jonah was in the, in, the, in the belly of that fish? He had a prayer meeting. Glory to God. There was a prayer meeting in that fish's little belly. Maybe a big belly, actually. But if you think about that, when he came to the point where he said, where will I go? There was nothing left. There was nothing left for him to run away. He was gone as far as he could. He even went down to the depths of the sea. He was gone away. Now, are you satisfied? Jonah, are you done now? Are you ready to listen to God? Well, he says, Lord, that you are the one where my salvation comes from. He even admitted that. He knew that God was his only hope. He knew what God is saying was the right thing to do, but he was not willing. But now he has a prayer meeting, and he's starting to change his mind. He remember, he's in the belly of the fish. Can you, can you imagine in that slimy mess? He's in there. You know another thing? Even in the belly of a fish, God can hear the man's prayer. A man that is disobedient, run away, cause all kinds of grief for others. God can still hear his prayer. Look at that. What a God we serve. No matter where you're at, brothers and sisters, no matter if you're in a pit or you need help to get out, cry out to the Almighty God. He will hear the cries of his people. Can I have an amen? So Jonah prayed. He had a prayer meeting there. And what happened? So God, he says, all right, fish, come on. The fish comes and spits him out on the land. But now, what happens? What happens now? Let's go and look at, let's go and look at chapter 3. All right, here he is. The last verse of we read in 2, he said, the fish just, the, then the, the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. You know, the other thing we could think, let's go back a little bit. So what was Jonah all thinking when he's, when he's buying this ticket to go down to Tarshish? Well, maybe he's thinking, uh, you know, like maybe kind of like when we go to Florida. Maybe he's like, well, I'll, I'll go down on the beach and have a good time. 
I mean, who cares? God can find somebody else to do the preaching, right? Isn't that how we kind of reason and compromise and, you know, just kind of like what you and I might think when we, we decide to, well, nobody really knows, you know, like these guys, nobody knew that, that he's running away except God. Is that you? You know, God is calling you to do something. He has a great plan for you, but you're just, you're, you're willing to just kind of ignore that and you have all your reasons, you know, nobody knows about it. Are you a Jonah today? Are you one of those that is running away? Like Jonah, maybe he thought he'd go down and, you know, be on the sunny side for a while. Just spend some time, go on vacation. Think about it. But God, that plan that God had is totally amazing. So now what does he do when the fish spit him out? Then in verse 1 in chapter 3, Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Look what he said. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. God never changed his mind. He never changed his mind. But do you know one thing we're going to read? That God did change his mind later on. Thank you. That God did change his mind on something else. Look what he says here. This is just the best. He said, the time Jonah, this time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. That's a big city. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. This people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap, burlap to show their sorrow. That, that was the, the way they did back in the Bible times. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne, listen, and took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent the degree, this degree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their, wicked, their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. Look at that. They, they, they wanted to make sure that God knows they're serious about their repentance. This was a wicked city. This was a wicked place. Even the king, even the king said, no, he said, Let's, we need to all fast and pray. Can you imagine one of the greatest revivals, one of the greatest revivals in total history throughout the time? I said, one of them. 120,000 people, they fast and pray. They repent from all their violence. They repent from their wicked ways. And they, they bow down to the Almighty God. They repent from their sins. And you know the thing that totally amazes me, it changed God's heart in such a way. Look what he said in verse 10, because he was going to, they knew that God is going to destroy Nineveh in 40 days. And look what happened. Verse 10, when God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. In the King James, it says God repented. And repented means change. That's what it means. Change the way. Look at that. God changed his mind and how did that he did not destroy Nineveh. You know, is that, do you know what we need in America today is what we just read right there. We need a repentance in America. 
How do we think that we continue to do the same thing and have a different outcome? It doesn't work. People must repent and God hears the cries of His people. That is what happens. Look at when God's seen they're serious. God's seen that these people, they're sorry for their sin. See, finally when Jonah, look what Jonah had a tremendous blessing there. He listened to God. When he obeyed God, when he went over there and he shared with them that God's judgment is coming upon them. You know, the ungodliness that's in our leadership, in our White House today, they need to repent. They need to repent. Maybe that's how Jonah felt, but no matter how he felt, God asked him to go. And look what happened. When obedience is followed through, brothers and sisters, it doesn't just always make an impact in your life, but all those that are around you. That's what happened to Jonah when he just obeyed. But remember, he had the second chance. He had the second chance. What if God didn't give him the second chance? Well, he did. He gave him that second chance. If you have a second chance today, don't mess it up. Don't mess around. Don't fiddle around. But stay around and obey God. Can I have an amen? Amen. Look what happened. So when Jonah, when he was going and disobedient, when he's running away, sin was leading him down. That's what happened. Sin was leading him down. It's just kind of like Adam and Eve when they were in the garden there. Look what happened to them. Sin led them down. They went and hide. They thought they could hide from God. And God says, hey, where are you at? Oh, they couldn't believe it. God comes out there and asks them. Look at Samson. Sin led him down. God waited 20 years on him. Can I have an amen that we have a patient God? We have a long-suffering God with us. Look at that. But look what happened with Samson. I don't want to go in a lot of details, just, just some little points to make. What happens with sin? It takes down. It takes down. Today, you, we're still suffering from the decision that Adam and Eve made there in the Garden of Eden. Look at that. And look at David. Sin laid him, sin led him down. Look at that. He committed adultery, and that wasn't even enough that he committed murder. Sin will take you further than you want to go. Remember that. Sin will take us further than we want to go. See, sin, when it first appears, it seems exciting. <laughs> it seems that's going to be a wonderful time. But then later becomes so boring. It becomes so convicting. It becomes so troublesome. And it causes so much grief and so much pain, so much heartache. Look at Jonah. Look at that. And maybe that's, maybe that's you today. Maybe the tragedy in your life. Or maybe the problems in your life, maybe the disappointments that broke your heart. Hmm. But remember, God allowed that storm to come to get Jonah's attention. I think sometimes God allows things to come. Maybe He even allows things to, to come and attack our body so that the soul wakes up. God only knows how that all works, but there's times just like this. So maybe those things that are so disappointing in your life, maybe there's something that is, it seems like a tragedy. But remember, maybe God is just trying to say, come on, brother, come on, sister, or do you really love me? Remember how he asked Peter when he had him denied three times? God wanted him to confess him. 
God wanted him to admit that Peter loves him. That's what he, and he wanted him to do that three times. Look at Paul. You know, look at Paul if you think about his situation. You know how much, Paul, he cried out three times to the Lord that he would heal him. That thorn in the flesh. We don't really know what it exactly was, but it says that. And Paul cried out to him three different times, and he said no. Basically, he basically shared with him, let me show you what my grace can do for you. And then people say, sometimes people say, well, you must be living in sin that you're not healed. That's not true. Maybe it could be. But look at Paul. We don't always know. I don't. I don't always know why. Remember, sometimes, do you every time that you discipline your child have to sit down and give them a total explanation of everything? A lot of times it's good to give an explanation. But did you realize God does not always give you and I an explanation? He just expects obedience. See like that? See like that Jonah running away from God? When you and I are running away from God, if we decide to run away from God in life instead of running with Him, you think God is going to explain everything to us? You think God is going to change His mind? I think we all know how what number, what chapter 4 is going to tell us when we read that. Jonah was a hard-hearted man. He was an angry man. He was so disappointed that God actually delivered them and changed his heart on them. He got angry. What did he do? You know the story. Later he sat there. He said, yeah, he just, he'd rather die. Can you imagine that? When there's 120,000 people and those other men, that those sailors that were with him on the ship, all repented to the glory of God, and now he's angry at God that he forgiven them. You know what I say? Only the heart of man can do that. That's it. But God can forgive. God can forgive. Again, brothers and sisters, a great example of reminding us when we are in God's will, if we willingly obey, that is one thing. But if we just obey because we feel like we have no other choice, you know what happens? Your heart never changed then. That's what happened with Jonah. His heart didn't change. He just... He was like up against a brick wall, and he's like, okay, then I'll go do it. And then when he's seen that God actually is going to forgive them and not destroy that city of Nineveh, he got all upset. That tells me his heart never did really change. See the difference? We can cover up that heart with so much, with so much. We can fake it. We can completely fake life. But remember, God still sees that heart. He's seen Jonah's heart. He knew. He knew when Jonah was running away. He know if you're running away from him today. He knows that. If you're running from God. Remember, that's what Jonah said. I will go where I want to go. I am going to do what I want to do. I'm going to say what I want to say. This is my life. Doesn't it sound typical for today? 
It really does. It really sounds like today. When I was reading, I'm like, oh, Jonah, you really had a copy of 2023 already back there before you went in the belly of the fish. <laughs> yeah, that's what he had. See, the spirits work the same. The spirit of the enemy, they work the same. Live how you want to live. Do what feels good. That, that was Jonah's problem. He wasn't willing to listen. If that's you today, brothers and sisters, I encourage you would obey the Lord. You would obey when He calls. You would obey when He speaks to you. When the still small voice speaks to us, otherwise you will end up maybe in the belly of the fish or maybe in hell. See, if we don't listen to God, if we run away from God, what happens is sin takes down. Sin will destroy. Sin will every time. And there's a time that God gives it up. If you don't believe it, go read in Romans chapter 1. It says three times that He gave them up because of their sin and the hardness of the heart. The unwillingness to repent. The unwillingness to repent. Remember, sin leads down. Sin can be a downward spiral. That's what it does. Remember, Jonah thought he was running away from God. He thought he can get away. I'm going to tell you today, you can go anywhere you want. You could even end up in hell. You still didn't run away from God because he knows exactly where you're at. Ultimately is what I'm saying. God knows where we are at. He, even if we don't love him, he still knows. He still knows where we're at. It's so important that in life we don't forget when we have opportunities. Sometimes we miss an opportunity because we don't obey. Sometimes we miss opportunities because we're running away. Just like Jonah. He was running away from God, and as he's running away, he was, he was, he was missing out on so much. And then when he had the opportunity, when he turned around, when he said yes, when God asked him the second time to come, to go, he said, he said, rise up and go over there to Nineveh and let them know I'm going to destroy their city in 40 days if there's no repentance. That, that's what he was going to do. He was going to destroy it. He was going to get away with it. Just a, you know, sometimes I wonder, you know what God was going to destroy Nineveh? And you know what he did with Sodom and Gomorrah? And sometimes I shiver to think what he might do with America. The sin that Sodom and Gomorrah were dealing with when God destroyed them. Today in America, and maybe even all over the world, I'm not sure. But anyway, they teach those kind of things in the schools. And maybe even in some churches, and they call it right. I'm going to tell you, there's an almighty God that knows it's as wrong as it was back then in Sodom and Gomorrah. It is a sin. It's wicked. It's evil. And people have all kinds of excuses. No, that's why Jesus came. That's why he went to the cross. That's why he died. So, so we don't have to have an excuse so we can repent and forgive. But so many times we want others to repent for us. We want others to take the blame. We want to shift the blame. But have you noticed Jonah here? You can't read a lot about why he ran away. He didn't want to go tell them about that, but it wasn't like we can read about he blamed this person, that person. You can't really read that. 
Because what I was thinking when I was reading this, I'm thinking, so what was all going through Jonah's mind? What was he really thinking when he's running away, bought a ticket to go on that ship, to go over to Tarshish? He, he bought it. He spent money to go. And he thought he could get away with it. You know why? I believe one of his biggest things were he believed that the, the, the city of Nineveh, they deserve death. He said, they don't even deserve to be protected. They don't even deserve God's mercy and His grace. That's how he felt. I think that's what Jonah was feeling like. But remember, there was something there that God... Can you imagine when a king... Can you imagine what God would do in America if the President of the United States of America and all his people would call a fasting and would fast and pray and repent? I can only imagine what God would do. Amen. When there would be a repentance in America as a, as a country, I can only imagine what God would do. He would change his mind on some things. Because you see, his people are serious. Fasting, animals and everyone, they fasted. We would say, well, the animals at least got to have some food. They got to have a little water or something. He said, nothing. Fast and pray. What do you do? Do you take time to fast and pray? There's power in fasting and praying. There's victory in fasting and praying. There can be repentance in fasting and praying. There's deliverance in fasting and praying. Even remember what Jesus said. When they were praying over those people to, to rebuke the devil or whatever it was, to cast them out, Jesus said, some of these things, they don't, they don't go out without fasting and praying. See that? Brothers and sisters, don't underestimate the power that's in fasting and praying. Even for your own walk with Jesus. There's power in that. When you feel like somebody's hurting you, when you feel like somebody's misusing you, you know what's more important than blaming them and having a pity party and being all down and out about it? It's more important to search your heart. So many times people believe that maybe uh, you owe me something so I can open my heart to you. Or I owe you something so you can open your heart to me. Let's take a, let's take a body of believers. Let's take Jesus Christ and myself, okay? Something happens, and I just don't understand why, why did God let that happen. I have all the questions, and I'm not getting the answers, and I'm very disappointed. I'm really close to anger with God. This is an example, okay? So I'm getting, now I'm getting actually angry with God. I'm like, that should have never happened. I don't understand. I had prayed for protection and all this, whatever happened, okay? And so now I kind of close up my heart. And I believe God owes me something before I open my heart back up to Him. How many times does that happen in relationships? How many times? Ask yourself, especially married couples, ask yourself. How many times do you feel like He owes me an apology, then I will open my heart to Him again. Until then, He won't have that heart. It's not His duty to open your heart. It's not her duty to open my heart. It's not. It's your own duty. I'm not responsible for your soul when we meet in glory. So I'm not responsible now. But can you imagine? That happens over and over in this world. 
But you know what's the worst thing when it happens with Christ? Because sometimes when people lose a loved one, they get very angry with God. You see that? You know why? So they close up the heart against God. They feel like God owes them an apology, so to speak, or owes them an explanation, owes them something before they're going to let God back in. He doesn't. Remember, you and I, what is in this heart, I'm 100% responsible for it. It's not your problem, and it's not yours. This is mine. See? My wife, it's not her fault. She doesn't have to come and say this or say that or say something or say nothing so that I can open my heart again to her because she said something she shouldn't have. Remember, that's not how it works. Sometimes it may make it easier for us, but that is not how it works. We need to be, because the Bible talks about that to, to be, to love like He loved us. So if we love one another, as we even love ourselves, or even as He loved us, what do we do? So we forgive and we love even when He or she or him or her or whatever it is don't love us, we still should love them. I was challenged by that. I was challenged by that. How Jonah, how he's running away. Buy the ticket. <laughs> Going on the ship. You know what I heard a couple say? So they were going to this wedding. Their son was getting married, okay? And they were losing their farm. They were having, they were having financial problems. And they were losing their farm, and their son was getting married. And the night before the wedding, and they were having a talk, and they were like, oh, how is this? You know, just if we could just somehow deal with this. And this is what the husband said to his wife. And I thought it was so good. He said, you know, honey, he said, let's just leave that behind right now. He said, let's go and enjoy our son's wedding. He said, the problem will still be there when we come back. But isn't it sometimes hard to, to get it to that point, just to like kind of, and sometimes when we do that, I think it's like we, we say, well, Lord, let, we'll let you handle it. Let's go enjoy what we have in front of us. I think that's something in life that is very important to take a step at a time. Sometimes we're trying to live the future before we get there, so now we're missing out on the life is here now. But remember, when we obey God, when we don't run from God, if you don't run from God, when you run with God, then we obey God. When we obey God, what happens when we obey God? It makes such a difference. We get opportunities to share the gospel. We get opportunities to share the testimony, how God has delivered us, how God has saved us, how God has brought us out of darkness, how God has done many wonderful things in our lives and for those around us. It makes such a difference. But when we're disobedient and, and, and we choose to blame others for our problems, for our faults and situations and complications. Because in life, sometimes I think about family, you know. Especially this time of the year. This time of the year, I, I always, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, I always think a lot about our family. 
And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful and grateful for my wife, my children, and my grandchildren. And I often think of my siblings and her siblings. How much good times we're missing out on with them. But you know, it's for a reason. And it's for a very good reason, very good cause. So I'm willing to live with that. It's just that when times come like this where you'd love to just spend a, spend a couple hours with your brother, your sister, whoever it might be. It just reminds me, enjoy the family that you have. I see it so many times. People forget to enjoy and appreciate each other while we're here together. And then when they lay in the coffin, when the body's in the coffin, everybody's weeping, crying, grieving. But yet when they were here, they had no time for one another. We shouldn't do it that way. We must enjoy one another now. Be thankful. Be quick to overlook. If it's not sin, if it's just a difference, just let it go. Really doesn't matter. Really doesn't. If it's sin, that's a different story. But we all have our differences. Can you imagine how boring the whole world would be if they were all like one person? It wouldn't be the same. So we're unique. Today, thank the Lord for what He does for you. Thank the Lord. Let's just take time and thank the Lord for our families, for our loved ones. I thank the Lord for my brothers and sisters, even if I can't see them. Maybe there's somebody here today that can't see their grandchildren or their own children or something. Remember, God loves you so much that He sent His Son. He sent His Son, Jesus, so that you and I can have life. Can you imagine... Where you'd be at today if Jesus didn't come? Can you imagine where you were at today if we didn't serve that God that gave Jonah the second chance and gave you and I the second chance? I feel like I had a second chance, maybe even more than once. Have you already asked yourself, what difference, how different could life have been if you would have took the first chance you had to get born again? I ask myself that. But remember, we can't go back. Because I would think now, I think I shared that some time ago, I would think now, when I had my first chance to hear about Jesus was when I was 18 years old. And if, sometimes I look, what if I had just took that opportunity? How much different could my life started out from there? But then I say, well, praise God. Even 17 years later after that, I took that. By God's grace, I accepted Jesus in my heart. And that makes all the difference. See, if we continue to focus on what if, what if, if we could, if, if we'd have just done this or that, we, it doesn't get us anywhere. But when we focus on where Christ can take us from here, then you're going to flourish to obey His Word, His Spirit, to allow Him to lead, to allow Him to guide,
to allow Him to raise us up above the storms of life and stay in the Word and appreciate one another as brothers and sisters in the family of God. Stay encouraged. Be encouraged. And I'll just say this in the end. Don't run away from God, but run with God. Amen? Amen. God bless you.